Lord, did you see the first episode of the Train? I have not. I know it's out. I really need to check Come it out. Come on, Lord. It's, I know. It, you, I'm sorry. When does it start? I think it's on. I think it's August 10th. Uh, August something. It's August 10th is when it starts. Um, oh man, I'm so excited. Ashley Johnson is the uh, is the, is the main voice. Frog time! Shut up! Sit down! Frog time! What are you talking about? I don't give a shit! It's time for frogs! <sighs> Hi guys, I'm Gavin. It's frog time. This is Frogcast, a frog podcast. Also known as Storyboard. <laughs> What's your name, Nick? Hurry! <laughs> I'm Nick. I'm Laura. And together we form Frogtron. Let's go! Watched amphibia. We watched amphibia. And Gavin is chuffed as nuts about it. <laughs> All right, look. Last year they announced two cartoons, Amphibia and the Owl House. Both of them. I heard Amphibia and some garbling. Okay. So <laughs> both were shows about a a middle school aged uh, girl getting transported to a magical world. The difference is, one of them went to Gavin's heaven, and one of them went to my heaven. Which is hell. It's also hell. Um, Our house does play does take place in hell. Literally, but... they could have covered all the bases on this podcast, but no, no one's making a show about rabbits, of course. Well, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I think... Just watch Hop, Laura. No! no we're, oh not doing Hop. <laughs> we're not doing Hop. I feel like... Uh, I feel dirty feel? now. I feel like there are 900 shows about rabbits. Max and Ruby. <laughs> you've got Max and Ruby. You've got, uh... Just let me have this! Okay, I'm You're having it. We're doing it this episode. You. I'm just saying. The animation now, gods are only smiling upon two out of three of us at the moment. Now, see, Gavin got an entire world full of, full of frogs. And I only got one lady who's kind of an owl, but I would die for her. I would die it's... for just about everybody and Amphibia, See... except for <laughs> Sasha. Who's Sasha? Oh, right. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Sorry, I just had to think about Sasha for a second. I hate her so much. She doesn't... I, I feel like she's not nice. From what I've gathered, she doesn't seem nice. Gavin, could you give us the, the general, like, <clears throat> what is Amphibia? Uh, it's a bunch of frog people, and they're doing all sorts of stuff for about 10 minutes then the episode ends poetry anyway um there's also a there's also a girl named Anne who gets transported to this world of frogs and i don't care about her much there's also some yeah. salamanders and like newts but... it, it's amphibians mostly frogs yeah mostly frogs it's good it's pretty good. I Final thought. So <laughs> and that's going to be our time. Uh, uh, what's the next thing we should talk should about? Should we just hop into the... <laughs> nah. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, Laura. <laughs> should we just get into the first episode? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, wait. I should say the episode we watched. We watched Anor Beast, Best Fronds, Ancept Auto, Lily Pad Thai, Planter's Last Stand. And Hop, Pop, and Lock! And Wally and Ann. Mostly Hop, Pop, and Lock. <laughs> I made them watch Hop, we... Pop, and Lock. You did, not, you did not make me watch Hop, Pop, and Lock. 
We did a little extra this time, but that's because Gavin was really excited. And also, the episodes, the episodes are pretty short, so... The episodes were ten minutes, and if we could make enough time to watch more Samurai Jack, then we could make enough more time to watch this. Hell they yeah. They don't feel like they're ten minutes. It feels like a decent amount they happens. They feel like ten minutes to me. Really? Yeah. Are there any commercial breaks in between them? No. Maybe that's why. Well, no, in between the... Well, no, like in between the two segments. Yeah, but like breaking up the show. That's not what they do. Not really. They usually do that. That's not what 10 minute episodes do. Anyway. I mean other shows that aren't 10 minutes. That's what ones that are like 20 minutes do. 20 minutes have have a break in the middle. You know, when Gravity Falls used to be on, it used to be like, dance break. Dance break! God, we'll be my, back! That was my least favorite Gravity Falls so character. So many questions! I fucking hate that guy. God. God, why do you have to bring back? <laughs> this show is fantastic because you get to sit down with your pals and you get to watch a bunch of frogs and I forgot what I was going to say. Just cut this entire bit out. Okay. I think, I mean, honestly, I think that's enough, because I think I, you, I had a point. You started talking, but, th- but then you started thinking about frogs. I started, yeah. See, this is going to be a lot of fun, because, uh... <laughs> I sincerely did have have a point when I began that sentence. <laughs> You're valid. This is going to be me when we watch The Outhouse. Anyway, what was the first episode? Anor Beast. Is that a pun? Is Anor Beast feels a feels like a pun. I, I don't get it. Man or beast? Ah, uh, that's good. Is he man or is he beast? All the episodes he has are frogs. Puns. What? Yeah. All the episodes are puns. Yeah, they're all really good. Yeah. Who wants to do the uh, the plot synopsis of this first episode? Can I do the plot synopsis of the first episode? Hit yes, because that way we'll keep them spread out and you'll do three. The first episode opens up with Anne, and she's stuck in the woods, and a dude named Wally finds her. But Wally's the local kook. So he goes in and flips his shit and tells everybody he saw a manster. <laughs> and all the townspeople are like, "Oh shit, monsters! What are we gonna do?" Now here come the main. Now shut up about that. Here come the main characters. There's Hot Pop, and his name's Hot Pop. Hopadiah Planter. I'ma let you appreciate that for a sec. And then there's uh, Sprig and uh, Polly. And they're in the cart, and Hot Pop's going to the store, and Polly uh, is told to keep the cart safe, because Sprig is wildly, unpredictably irresponsible, and it shows a big old montage of all this shit that he did, and he's like, alright, yesterday was a bad day. <laughs> it's funny, because all that happened yesterday. Also, Polly's a baby. She She's a baby. She is a tadpole. She's adorable. She's a tadpole who uh, they're called the bucket. Polywogs. Fuck. Wait, 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 hold on. I thought polywogs was when they had um, legs. No, they've got legs and a tail. Nah, they're just called poly. Like all, all the, all the small baby childrens are referred to as polywogs. Then what's a tadpole? It's what Polly is. <laughs> She's a Frog tadpole. Bats with Gavin. She's a tadpole, but the Southern Country Bumpkin slang is polywog, and that's just a young frogger. Okay, that ain't a frogger yet. Okay. Next time, lead with that. Okay. <laughs> Shit! I just think it's cute calling them polywogs. It is cute. That's adorable. Sprig br- bribes Polly to let him leave, 
and then Polly tells him not to die, and Sprague's going to prove he's responsible by going on a monster hunt and catching the monster. He also gives her, like, five pieces of candy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Polly has a candy that we, addiction. That we see her eat. Mm-hmm. Like and a Pac-Man. makes her go into a candy coma. Not, not right after she eats those five pieces of candy. It takes a little bit for it to set in. <laughs> One of the candies is shaped like a snail. That's adorable. So Sprig goes monster tracking, and he gets caught in a trap that Anne set because she's the worst. And then uh, there's a monster coming, and Anne is about to run off because she's terrible, but what then the she fuck? decides to not be horrible. She's being hunted by, by monsters. I don't care. There's a frog. <laughs> she set the trap because she was being chased by monsters and also an angry mob. Yeah, but she got, she got a frog caught in it. To be fair, the angry mob was also comprised of frogs. And a toad. And a toad. And an axolotl. I did like the axolotl. Okay, yeah, he's yeah. great. We skipped his episode, but he's great. He's, 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 he's a lot of fun. And decides to cut Sprig down because she's the best character, uh, <laughs> except for all the frogs. And then they run off together and hide in a log, and Sprig and Anne get acquainted, and uh, they're sitting around, and they find some food because Anne is starving to death. And then all the townspeople find him, and then they go to tie her up, and then the monster comes, and then the monster gets chased off by all the townspeople, which actually got chased off by a bigger monster, and then Sprig and Anne team up and tie it up, and then all the townspeople carry him off to presumably eat it and use its body parts for all sorts of tools. It'll be good with some butter, I think is what they said. Yeah, one of them said that. Probably because a big old mantis probably tastes a lot like crab. You know what? Sure. Hmm. I mean, also, there is the fact that frogs just have different tastes than people. Like, they just eat bugs, and they're like, that. them's good pickings. Right, but I mean, like, specifically butter. Like, you butter a crab. Sure. You butter a lot of things. All right, Laura. Corn. I've never put butter on my pork chop. They are... Someone hasn't lived. Then again, though. You could put butter on steak and garlic. Good shit. I mean, I, I mean, I put butter on chocolate, so... Also, they're <laughs> country farm, but... Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they've got chocolate and biscuits. Also, they're country farm bumpkins, and cooking is probably just put some butter on it. <laughs> Where do they get butter? I, they don't have I cows. resent that. Yeah, they I, do. I, I, they I, have I, cows? They, they have, have cows. giant slugs that are they colored have, like cows. They have cows. And cow. have nipple legs that are probably just nipples, and one can assume milk comes from there. Okay. Gavin. Asked and answered, I guess. Gavin. Mm-hmm. You're my best friend. Yeah. However. Yeah. If you ever make me think of nipple legs ever again. Well, that's how, that's how they do. That's a creative design choice. <laughs> but if I have to think about it, <laughs> I might just cease. <laughs> yeah, they're giant slugs, but they're also like small bugs that they eat. But there are big bugs that hunt them. I've prepared a small poem. To help you guys understand. Go. Gavin Stein Poetry. There are small bugs and big bugs too. It would not do to confuse the two. For one you eat, the other eats you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I wish I had some bongos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Should I edit some bongo sounds in there? Uh, that one bongo sounds it. in there. Uh, anything else happen? Yeah, well, the whole town wants to chase Anne away and make it be someone else's problem, which, I mean, is tip. 
it's a pretty good approach. I mean, Anne's nice, but they don't know that, and that's a pretty good approach. They um, said monster because it's medieval frog times. Yeah. Uh, Spriggs is like, nah, she's nice. She should live with us. And then Hop Pop and Polly are like, alright. And then Anne starts living in their basement. And then Polly's suspicious that she's gonna go frog crazy and eat their guts. But she doesn't do that. Polly just wants to kill everything, I think. Polly's violent. It's fun. I wish we got a Polly episode in here. There are a few. I like Polly. She was the only one we didn't see much of. At some point, I have to assume she's gonna get legs. Yeah, you know what? That has to happen at some point. Not this season, but eventually it will happen. Yeah. No, this season's over. Yeah. I know. It doesn't happen. Spoilers. I know. Okay. Do they ever talk about their parents also? No. Okay. They probably died due to ye old medieval bullshittery. Okay, because Hot Pop is their grandpa, right? Yeah, I think so. I saw a frog die on screen, and uh, that fucked me up real good. An amphibia? Um, yeah, an amphibia. And that, that fucked what? me up real good for a, a couple of days. Dog? Was it the evil frog, or, or, or was it the evil toad with the one eye? No. Okay. No, he doesn't die. A frog dies on screen? Well, it was a toad, but uh, potato, tomato. On screen. Yeah. Is he murdered? Fuck. Is he murdered? Is he predated? Uh, eaten is more more the word. Hey, I've seen a couple of characters in this show get eaten, and it was never fatal for them. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Sprig gets eaten in episode two, so you know. <laughs> he does get eaten in episode two, and I saw it in the, in the pizza episode. They all got eaten. Yeah. They get eaten by a plant. That still counts, right? Yeah, that's, yeah that counts. <laughs> I, in my notes, I made two jokes to separate cartoons within three notes of each other. What are you doing? This is amphibia time. I'm sorry. I look at a cartoon, and my mind immediately goes to Over the Garden Wall and Gravity Falls because it's cartoons. <laughs> Yeah, this is a, this is a, this is a Gravity Falls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the most part. My first note is, it's either frog or bug in this crazy town. That was before I knew there were mammals here. Alright. Are there mammals? Yeah, there's mammals. What mammal? Oh, right, the hedgehogs. <laughs> there's a few. And I was surprised, do frogs have teeth? Yep. Frogs have teeth. I was really? surprised when the frogs had teeth. Well, yeah, because Sadie has dentures and Hot Pop, you well, can... In Hot Pop and Lock, you can see them chompers. Well, I can see okay, chompers okay, 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 a lot. Okay. Wait, no, no, no. These frogs have teeth. The real frogs have teeth. No. Okay. Okay. They just, like, swallow that hole. I'm gonna look it up because, like, there are so many different types of frogs. I'm holding my phone. I can do it right now. You don't have to leave. No, nah, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna go play Smash Bros. Don't! <laughs> Jesus Christ! No! Where are you going? Get my Switch. Y'all, no! Do not play Smash Brothers while we're recording! Uh. They have a ridge of very small cone teeth around the upper edge of the jaw. These are called maxillary teeth. Frogs often have what are called vomerine teeth on the roof of their mouth. They don't have anything that could be called teeth on their lower jaw, so they usually swallow their food whole. Oh. Is that the noise of swallowing your food whole? <laughs> I don't like it. Stop! Okay. I saw a terribly photoshopped picture of a frog with human teeth. With braces. Awful. Imagine if Sonic the Hedgehog had braces. <laughs> and was a frog. Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Oof. Alright. Um, the thing that I was laughing so hard after that trailer, because there were a bunch of memes where it was like, 
only a couple months too late to make jokes about the Sonic trailer. Yeah, but it's fine. It was Jim Carrey at the, the exact meeting. Teeth. <laughs> and then, uh, what's what's the company that's making it? Man, I don't know. Universal or something. Uh, I'm I'm just gonna say executive executives. Teeth. 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 <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog coming out of the screen. Teeth. 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 No, I think real Sonic is very sad about what happened. There's yeah. no real Sonic anymore. Just an abomination. There's no real Sonic. They had classic Sonic. Then they killed him. Then they had whatever the heck the next one was. Sonic X Sonic. Then they killed him. Then they had Sonic Boom Sonic. And then they super killed him. And then they and then now they have live action Sonic and we killed him. There's no... They make a lot of boing anymore. sounds in this cartoon, which I appreciate. Well, there's a lot of hopping to be done. I understand that. And I'm glad they added a lot of boing in. Me too. Show. It's like boing. The frogs high five with their tongues. So the first thing is, um, first of all, gross. Second of all... That, it's wonderful, and I love it. It is. Um, also gross. (laughs) (laughs) Sprig says he doesn't have any friends, and then it cuts to him pretending to be eaten by a skeletal snake, which is bullcrap. Come on. I would be that kid's friend five times over if I saw him show up with a skeleton snake. Comedy gold! Comedy gold! (laughs) Relationship comedy. <laughs> also, Polly ate all the all that candy. Uh huh. And then she was fine. Uh huh. And then Hot Pop came out, and somehow she had produced candy wrappers, and she didn't eat the candy out of the wrappers. Uh huh. And she was in a coma. That's because the was first time that? around, she ate all the candy whole without the wrappers, and then she vomited them all up. Hence the grade all over her face, and then she unwrapped them and ate them because she has a problem, and that whole deer left her tired and candy drunk. Good. Gross. I'm glad we sorted that out. Gross. <laughs> and as we all know, Polly vomited up the candy by ejecting her entire stomach out of her mouth and Gross. then cleaning it out and then putting it back in her body. Gross. As frogs do. Gross. There has to be an easier way. There has to be an easier way. We do, <laughs> yeah, like what humans do. Yeah, like what we do, which when is nothing, and we're and fine. Done. We're good. It just what's goes in the stomach though? What? What's in the stomach though? The shit that they need to vomit out. <laughs> Wait a minute. Both me and Gavin have favorite animals who eject the shit that they do not need out of their stomachs. What? Gavin has owls regurgitating their entire stomachs and then clean... Or, no, you shit. owls. Frogs. Fuck. They regurgitate their entire stomach out and they just kind of wipe off their stomach. And I have owls who regurgitate a big old ball of hair and bone, which is still gross. We truly are best friends, Gavin. Best fronds, you mean? Oh! Best fronds. I think I had a couple of problems with this one, but they were all nitpicks. But for some reason, they bothered me more than they really should. Well, nitpick away. The first one was when Sprig was like, oh, yeah, we're great friends. And then the town comes in, and it's like, oh, we've got you. And Anne's like, you you set me up! And at first, I'm like, oh, well, this is going to be really annoying because it's going to be the whole misunderstanding thing but the audience knows that it's complete bullcrap so why are we wasting time on it but they don't waste time on it but also they don't address it it's not even a thing 
It's not important at all. Well, that's because something a bit more important happens immediately after. That's true. I mean, I guess it's just... I feel like there's... I, I don't know. The there's... whole, like, you and then all the townspeople, And then all the townspeople are like, let's run around the town. And then Anne's like, you set me up again. And then Spring's like, no, she can live with us. And then Anne's like, you set me up. And then they set Anne up in their basement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then they set Anne up in her basement to sleep and, you know, have a place to lay her head at night. Then Anne's still like, you set me up! And then it's morning, and then they feed Anne and fill her belly with food that she needs, and then Anne's like, you set me up! Does that make any sense to you, Nick? This feels like the audible version of, like, a YouTube poop where they just keep making the person (laughs) say the same thing over and over. Her back really hurts from sleeping on that hard earth, and so she can't like really get up. And then, and then the uh, planner, and then uh, shit, spring, spring comes in and kind of helps her. I was like, "You set me up!" <laughs> <laughs> and they're playing volleyball, and then, and then spring throws up with the ball, and she's like, "You set me up!" And then she jumps up and spikes it. <laughs> Actually, there is an episode where they play bug ball, which is basically basketball. And then they bring out the Nintendo Wii, and then they need to add like, and then they need to add an avatar for for Anne. And then so Spring goes into the Me Maker, and she's like, "You set me up." And then, <laughs> and then they give her a Me. And then and then someone picks her up and then puts her down. And she's like, "You set me down. You let me down." <laughs> that wasn't good. This is, this is, oh my god. Oh no, yeah, because you can pick up the Me's and like and like throw them down into the Me. Plaza, I think? <laughs> Wasn't it like a me plaza where you could send your me's to, but they couldn't come back, so I never did it? Rip me verse. Me verse wasn't nice. even attached to the Wii, but still, rip me verse. Nah, seriously though, what you guys just described, some of the best episodes are when Anne shows all the frogs technology, and then they get like super fucking into it. Those are good times. I want to see Sprig join the competitive Smash s- s- scene. Uh, there is an episode where Anne gets, like, a spyglass and puts her phone behind it, and it makes, like, this giant screen for all the frogs to watch, and then all the frogs just gather and watch this big old screen, and it's, like, this teen romance bullshit drama, and it's basically Twilight, and then they all have a Edward versus Jacob argument that divides the entire town. How did I not see that episode? Holy shit. <laughs> it's so funny. It's Okay, a good formula for a lot of the episodes is um, Anne has modern thing for all these, like, you know, medieval frogs to enjoy. All the medieval frogs take it way too fucking far because they are inexperienced in modern thing. <laughs> Hilarity ensues. Okay, I'm going to do the next episode because I have opinions on this one. Alright. Okay. Oh, episode one. Bessie's yellow for some reason? Or that's a a different snail? Like That That was a slug. Yeah, that's a slug. What are they doing with that slug? That ain't Bessie. Maybe it's like... Maybe it's like... Bessie Bessie was sick that day. I don't know. Uh, Nah, nah, Bessie does it. Bessie was sick that day. I don't know. Yeah. Bessie's the loyal snail companion vehicle, and I love her. We'll give it to that later. I mean... You're saying that Bessie's the the car snail and that slug is the cart snail, but like that makes no sense because the planners aren't wealthy enough to afford two vehicles. Well, no, it's like it's like you could be a farmer and have several animals. Nah, nah, they're vegetable farmers. 
Well, even I, then, I just don't think. Well, they do have a barn. Well, no, no, no. Even then, you would still need like a horse to um to transport the family and an ox to plow the fields. All right, I'll I'll let you I'll let you have this. <laughs> and a chicken to provide eggs for your for food. We never see anyone except for Bessie after this. But the, I there is a barn. I'll let you have this. Well, well, hey, where did uh where did Sprig get that cow worm? They have a cow worm. It would make sense if they had a cow worm because you need milk. I feel like that was someone else's cow worm. I don't know. <laughs> I like to imagine that they've got a nice little barn. Do episode two. So episode two, Best Franz. Anne wakes up. Uh, she gets up, and then she says, I set me up! No. <laughs> Nick. <laughs> Sprig comes down and is like, hey, Anne, you want to hang out? And she's kind of bummed out because... Oh, wait, we forgot to talk about how... Did they show how she got there in the last episode? They just showed the box. Nope. They didn't she did not pull out a box. She did pull out the box and was like, mysterious plot that roll credits. I think she this tried epi- to open it. I think this she episode. Turn the key, though. I think this episode started with a dream of her stealing the box and then opening the box with her two friends, and then she woke up. That was down. it. That was it. So the episode opens up. Anne is back at home. Uh, she's in a like a store or something like a thrift shop, and she's all nervous. And then she looks out to the to her friends, and they're like, "Yeah, good. They they the raise their hands. Go in." And then Anne's like, "Okay, fine." And then she grabs a box and steals it. She commits she commits a theft. So then it shows Anne with her two friends opening up the box, and there's a flash of light, and Anne wakes up. And it was all a dream, and none of that was real. Uh, then but Sprig- she was kind of hoping that the frog land was all a dream, and none of it was real. And I don't get that one bit. And that's when Gavin stopped relating to our protagonist. <laughs> <sighs> so then Sprig comes down, it's like, hey there, best buddy, you want to hang out? And Anne's like, sure, I'm sad. But sure. Nah, Sprig gives her a pitch. And damn, was it a good pitch. Anne decides, okay, yeah, let's go to the lake. Yeah, because you're here. Yeah, because you're here. Yeah, you're here. Let's just do something. She's like, that's a really good point. Anne changes clothes because, uh, you know, she's got a backpack. There's got to be some clothes in there. And also a pair of flip-flops. She goes outside, or she goes to go outside, and then Hot Pop jumps in front of the door and says, Yeah! That impression started off dead on. And then, on I, the, and then I lost the it. The end was perfect. And then once you reached the climax and the carry the follow through was was I gotta work on it. A bit divergent, but I it shows potential. That's show potential. He says, No, the people aren't ready for you yet. They might attack you. They're paranoid. Hot pop is a crazy person. An old fashioned. Yes. I mean, he's right. You say that, and yes, there was an angry that. mob. But they haven't had any other issues with Anne thus far at it's this point. It's been 45 hours at the most. I don't Nick, know why I chose that, that number. It's did. been a day. 45 hours is a good number. I don't know why I okay, chose fine. that number. Okay, fine. Good point. Good point. Good point. I didn't show you any of the episodes where everybody was, was screwing with Anne. Yeah. I also didn't show you the episode where she got a bunch of zits on her face and they idolized her as a god because they were like the beautiful golden... Like ruby red warts. Holy shit! What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, she and becomes a celebrity. Oh, okay. Because of her ruby red warts, it's hilarious. Mm. All right. She starts rubbing butter on her face. Stop! Gross. Gavin, you put butter in chocolate, which is way, way more. <laughs> it wrong. is not because because then the chocolate does not grow pustules. Oh god! If the pustules made you famous, I mean. 
So no, that would not be enough for to to make Vitz worth it. I'd do it. I'm a sellout. I wouldn't. Zell There's out. an episode of Invader Zim about that. Except not quite. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, way nastier. Anyway, so Hop Hop locks up the door. They go to steal it. Well, no, first they they uh, Sprig suggests that they eat some hot peppers, and then he dies, and so then he hot says that, that it's you Anne's turn. Uh, and then Anne's like, "No, let's steal the key." And Sprig's like, mm, "Let's not do that." And Anne's like, "Come on." Sprig's like, "Okay." So they go in, and they're like, how are we going to get past Hop Hop? He's reading that book. He'll see us come in. Also, he's reading the book, How to Be a... Or he's reading the book, So You're a Failed Actor. (laughs) Which is like... Is he? Okay. Show, don't tell. (laughs) Show, don't mention. (laughs) Yeah, they go into that in other episodes. Okay, cool. So, uh, they're like, how are we going to get past him? (laughs) Hop Hop was sleeping with his eyes open. It's terrifying and hilarious. They take the key. They go out to the lake. Uh, and they're so excited. Then they realize that there's a sign that says, Do not swim. And they say, Oh, no, it's probably just somebody wants to keep the, the lake to themselves. And then Sprig's like, I don't know, Anne. This looks like it was written in a hurry. But it didn't. It looks like it was written in perfectly readable, legible font. And then somebody at the very end just kind of like dragged the paintbrush across the uh the sign in like a squiggly fashion they had to run away so fast that they couldn't even lift their paintbrush from the sign that's how fast they had to run adjacent to the lake yep. running towards the lake well when the snake is coming parallel to the lake where are you gonna run <laughs> Fine. spoiler alert there's a snake oh yeah they the go lake. swimming and there's <laughs> they go swimming and it's incredible because nobody could have seen this coming there is something dangerous in the lake and uh we talk about how it's a really nice lake though up until that point it's a really nice lake until sprig gets eaten yeah he does get eaten is this the second show where we've had a character get eaten by a snake what was the first uh kirby king dedity shit by a snake all right our eaten by snake counter is up to two um eat your heart out beetlejuice i'm just gonna say that i never liked beetlejuice I'm just gonna state that, uh, let's start thinking about frogs again. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, um, reacts in a very, very relatable way at this point. It is at this point that I resumed, uh, relating to Anne, because she goes, SPRING! VENGEANCE! And then tries to kill the snake. <laughs> the snake's all like, I'm gonna eat you, Anne. And he starts coughing, and then he breathes fire. And normally that'd be much worse for our protagonists. <laughs> but it's okay, because it was actually Sprig who pulled out one of the peppers. And apparently the whole breathing fire thing isn't just like, oh, that was that tasted really spicy, and now I'm going to breathe fire. Apparently, no. If you bring it out in the stomach, it makes them breathe fire. So that snake didn't even taste the pepper. It just started breathing fire. Yeah. Acid reflux. Damn. No, Nick, spicy shit will affect your stomach just as well as your taste buds. That's true. I I, I just always interpreted it differently. Anyway, then they run away and Anne's like, I'm sorry, Sprig. I shouldn't have done what Hop Hop said I shouldn't do. Shit's spicy enough. You can actually rub it on your skin and it hurts like hell. Then they go back. Then they go back and Hop Hop wakes up. He's like, the key! They're gone! Uh, Then he... That was was way better. better. I wasn't even trying that time. I just kind of hit that. 
he goes down to the basement. No, he sees that the, the door's still locked, and then he goes down to the basement, and they're playing like a board game. They're playing shoots and ladders, which, why? Why not? I hate shoots and ladders. Well, when you got shoots and ladders. It wasn't shoots and ladders. I think it was something more fun. Anyway. Yeah, it was frog shoots and ladders, and you're playing it with a frog. <laughs> Alright, fine. Let's see. I swear to get about frogs. <laughs> she gives the key back and she's oh, like, yeah, she hey, you dropped it. And Hot Pop was never the wiser. So. Dramatic sting time. Was there a dramatic sting in this one? Yes, there what? was. What happened? It cuts to the Toad Tower. Oh, that's right. Cuts to Toad Tower. Uh, the Toad Tower, where there's a toad with one eye. And. No, he has two eyes. He has, he has two eyes, but one of them isn't working as an eye anymore. Um, one of them's retired. <laughs> he, retired. God, that's long. He holds up a yellow shoe, says to Sasha, like, you, also Sasha's there. Sasha's one of Anne's friends. Quote-unquote friend. Quote-unquote friend. Quote-unquote I've stunned. never hated anyone more than I hate Sasha. Which spoils to me that she is mean to frogs. Yeah. She must be mean to Anne and mean to frogs, which we did get. Impre- we did get that impression in the episode where, where Anne she was, was encouraging Anne to steal something. Yeah, which is messed up. She encouraged Anne to steal something, and while Anne was talking to Sprig about friendship, she got sad because she was put to an alternate ultimatum to steal, or else she wouldn't be friends with them anymore, and that sucks. Let's just say I would die for Sprig, and I hate Sasha more than I've ever hated anyone. I know the entire plot of the rest of the series. So yep. There's no reason to watch it. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I'd also like to point out that in the background there is a frog Iron Maiden, which I enjoyed. I don't enjoy the implications of a frog Iron Maiden. But well, it is medieval times. It is medieval times. I had a problem with this episode. Uh-huh. I was very worried coming into watching this show because the first couple episodes that I had seen, I had, I had started to notice a pattern that I was getting really, really tired of. And it was essentially Hop Pop or somebody adjacent to Hop Pop would tell another character, you shouldn't do this. And then they would do it and it would go badly. Then they would learn their lesson and then the episode would end. We saw that in this episode where Hop Pop said, don't go out there. It'll end badly. And Sprig said, don't go in the lake. It'll end badly. Yeah, but did it end badly in at all the way that Hop Pop said it would? No, it still ended badly. He said not to go outside. But even if that isn't the issue, it still happened with Sprig. There were two times that characters told Anne not to do something, and she did it, and it had a negative result. Well, maybe Anne should stop doing dumb shit and also listen to people. Maybe she should. But then, I don't know if it was the next episode or the one after that, there's a point where, where Anne's room gets flooded. And Hop and she's like, oh, I'll just hang out. I'll, I'll just uh, spend the night with Sprig for a couple of nights. It'll be fine. And Hop Pop's like, no, you shouldn't do that. You'll hate each other. And they're like, it'll be fine. And then they hate each other. Then there was another episode where Sprig was like, I need to get Hop Pop to like Anne more. And Polly's like, you shouldn't do that. It's going to end badly. And it does end badly, mostly. Kind of. They get really high. They do get really high. What? I'd say that's a win. There's just what? A, there's, a bit, there's a bit in that episode where in order to stay up to try and catch a criminal, it was, it was Sprig, 
there uh, and pulls out like a like an like a friggin' Mountain Dew game fuel. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and uh, Hot Pop pulls out a Swamp Potion, which is, quite frankly, the next Mountain Dew energy drink they're going to put out. Mountain Dew Swamp Potion. For Shrek 5. Yeah. And then, they, <laughs> and then they're like, mine's better than yours. Mine's better than yours. You couldn't handle mine. You couldn't handle mine. So then they swap and they drink it. And apparently their physiologies are so different that each of their um, and they were respective... Already extreme drinks. Each of their respective drinks caused the other to trip total balls. I'm just saying, maybe there were shrooms in that drink. Those probably shrooms. Those um, get high off of gamer juice. They do. Yeah, as we all know. Exactly. And then there was another episode that was Hop Hop told Anne, we should make a, a recipe this way. And Anne's like, we should make a recipe this way. And they did it Anne's way, and they all got eaten by a plant. So I was getting really worried that this was just going to be every episode. That it was just going to be, and don't do this. I'm going to do it. I did it. It ended badly. I learned my lesson. And then she did the same thing the next week. Which I was going to get really, really disappointed if that happened. And I was getting really worried that this was just going to be every single episode. But luckily, I got to the next episode. We're actually got like halfway through the next episode that we were about to do. And I thought like, oh, great. This is going to be another one of those episodes. And then it ended differently. And then every other episode I watched after that didn't have that problem. So oh, What episode was it? Uh, Ant Theft Auto. That's oh, a very yeah. good name. I, God, I love that. That's a good episode. That Our, was good. I think that was the one that made me really like this series. It All establishes right. Anne as, or it establishes Bessie as a noble, majestic creature. It put tears in my eyes. We have a new podcast puppy now. We've been here Yes, but the podcast puppy is in here because it's the only way to keep her quiet. So Well, she's been in here before. Yes. Look at the puppy. Look at the puppy. Look at the puppy. Look you at the puppy. You can't look at the puppy because you're on podcast land. Look at the puppy. And Theft Auto. The planters and Anne are out riding Bessie, their hor- horse snail. <laughs> she's a horse snail. That's uh, apt. This? Yeah, pretty much. And Anne's like, can I drive? And Hoppadai is like, sure. You gotta read the whole Bessie book first. And she's like, no, I don't like reading because I'm a teenage girl. And they get home and Anne is like, hey, Sprig, want to do the thing anyway? And then they do. And it's fun. And they run past Sadie, what's her last name? Croker. Sadie Croker on her slow ass ladybug. And she's like, yeah, kids. They do some dangerous snail stunts, but everything's cool. And they land, and then Bessie doesn't want to come out of her shell, and Sprig's like, I'll go get help, you stay here. And Anne's like, fine. And she gets bored and starts reading the book, um, which is very captivating. Well, it takes a few moments to get captivating. For a moment, it's just like... First, it talks about the leaves. And if you want to, she doesn't read the entire page. And if you want, you, the viewer, would like to pause the video and read the entire page, I would recommend doing so, because it's pretty fun. It just goes on 50 tangents in two pages, and it's fantastic. It's all written by Hot Pop, correct? Yes. No, it wasn't written by Hot Pop. Who wrote it? That's an ancient book that's been in the family for generations. Hot Pop probably added a couple of Bessie chapters to it. But hot, it's all about Bessie, and Hot Pop bought Bessie. No, that's oh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, is. No, that's it was true. written by Hot Pop. Yeah, that book had to have been written by Hot Pop, then. It makes me happy. 
Um, yes. So Sprig is going back home and he runs into Sadie again and he's like, sorry, I was being a jerk to you on the road. Can you take me home? And she's like, sure. And then they go two miles an hour on the slow ass ladybug. They said horse snail. And I thought to myself, <laughs> what the fuck is that one? <laughs> it's impossible that there is such a thing as a creature <laughs> called a horse snail. Uh, there is a horse conch. Then I looked up uh, Google images for horse snail and I saw the picture of a guy riding a snail and it was jumping over like a log or some shit. It's very good. <laughs> for photoshopped. <laughs> so Anne's having a blast reading the Bessie book and she gets to the chapter about why Bessie goes in her shell and it's because the natural predator of snails is around. It's hedgehogs. Which surprised me because I didn't know there were any mammals in this world. One but of them's are. a Sonic. Yeah, one of them's blue and has red feet. It's Sonic. So to get away from Sonic and his buddies, uh, and I think first gives Bessie some leaves, which make her zoom out, and then some berries, which make her make berry juice on the ground. Deploy oil, deploy De- berry deploy slick. oils, yeah. <laughs> deploy berry oil slick. Um, and then Bessie's ready to go again, and they catch up to Sadie and Sprig, pick Sprig up, and Sadie's like, bye! It goes away on her very fast ladybug. She was riding very slow just to spite Sprig. And it's very good. Oh, and then the next morning, Anne spent the whole night reading the Bessie book. Threw it at Hot Pop in the morning. She's like, I read the book. And he's like, great, now you just need some exposure. She laughs like a crazy person. And then runs to the wall a few times and then backs out of the room. And then Hot Pop sums it all up perfectly. I don't feel safe. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good impression. This show's very good. It's with, improving. The show's. I think the show's very good with like just the perfect ending joke. It's, it's really. Like, it's, it's really good at those end. Super things. good delivery. I mean, it's got Gravity Falls people on it, so yeah. Ooh. When everybody has to get out of danger because the hedgehogs are are gaining are um, well the hedgehogs are, are nipping at their toes. Um, Anne has to climb on top of Bessie, and in order to get Bessie to move again, uh, Anne has to yell, Bessie, things are getting messy! And then Bessie goes, and then (laughs) zooms off. We love Bessie. Bessie is the best character. Bessie is the best character after the frogs in Amphibia. I would sell my car for Bessie. Gavin was about to hurt me. Yeah, I was. I (laughs) would die for Bessie. We love Bessie. They show some of the passages from the book, from Bessie's book, and then Anne starts crying, and then you start crying, and then Anne's like, you noble creature! But Anne gets to hug her in real life, and we don't. Bessie, one time Bessie sang to save Hop Pop from freezing in the cold. How? She sang a beautiful song! What did the singing do? Saved him, gave him hope. I don't remember. It boosted morale. Oh, it did. It boosted the team's morale. No, it it wasn't that singing brought some MacGuffin that saved him or something. It's just that shit was looking rough, and Hot Pop was about to give up, and then Bessie started singing. It was the most noble, majestic thing ever. It gave Hop Hop the strength to continue. Yeah. I will say when 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 Sprig talked about how he tried to read it, he said it was too much description, not enough plot. That is very relatable, you know. I, there have been so many books that have just been ruined by that, 
and I could Sprig, you should have read the whole book, but I get you. I get you, buddy. It got Didn't you good. wasn't your first thought twenty thousand leagues under the sea when Sprig said that? That's probably not the actual like number of leagues under the sea. But yes, <laughs> that was the first one. Because I loved that book. But that dude could not stop talking about the friggin' genus and kingdom of every single fish he saw. Come on! That fish is from the Cephalobludely crew family. Who cares? You're a submarine! The Cephalobludely crews care. It's the 1800s and you are in a submarine. Damn it! <laughs> I want to know what happened, man! Wait, it's when and he's in the submarine? It's like the eight. He, it's like the 1800s. Submarines uh, didn't exist in the 1800s. Yeah. In this story. No, but Jules Verne predicted everything. All right. This was before electricity, and he knew like exactly how like a light bulb was gonna work. Jules Verne predicted the day you die. Honestly, if if, if Jules Verne uh, said at some point in one of his books, and then Nick died at the age of 48 uh, at the... But he's not going to read this part because he already put my book down because he fell for my ploy of describing every little thing so that he wouldn't fucking see this bit. Sometimes it was cool when he was, like, describing how, like, the technology worked and then you're like, oh, wait, yeah, that's how it works now. Nick, on the hell. page after you put that book down, Jules Verne's like, alright, he's gone. <laughs> alright, he's gone. Let's talk bad about him. <laughs> Nick, do you want your last name in there? Do you want me to bleep it out so it sounds like you said your name care. is Nick Rutabaga? <laughs> that would be funny, though. <laughs> Well, I gotta cut that. I gotta bleep that out too. I'm gonna bleep out every instance of Nick saying "rude the beggar." I know. I'm just giving some uh, some different takes for you to use. <laughs> That's just gonna copy and paste the beep sound, right? <laughs> Sadie Croker proves herself to be just one of the best motherfuckers in town at this point. I like her very much. I also like her baby spider pet. She has a little pet spider. It's fucking adorable. So cute. And then, uh... Congratulations on making me like a spider. Will Undertale did it. And then she flips well, off, uh... She flips off Anne and Sprig as they road rage past her. And then Sprig asks her for a ride and she's like, Oh, sure, kiddo. And then she drives just, like, slow as shit. Just to fucking mess with them. Starts singing, like, the whole beer bottles on the wall thing. She's an old lady. She ain't got nowhere to go or nothing to do. But she does have vengeance in her heart. Uh, anything else about this one? I'm just glad that um, Anne did the wrong thing and had no consequences. <laughs> it's a nice change of pace when usually there are so many consequences for these kinds of things. Alright. Wasn't this the show where at one point they're like, we probably should have learned a lesson here. Yeah. <laughs> what episode was that? I don't know. That might have been the, the, the Kane episode. Well, I think we've all learned something today, but we know what it is, so we're not going to say it. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. What? What was that from? I'm not entirely sure. I feel like I should know. I, it's, I don't remember. Named, of course, for Grand Theft Auto, a popular video game. And crime! Oh, apparently that was from Bojack Horseman? I don't know. I didn't even watch it. Well, I think we all learned a valuable lesson today. Well, I think nope, we all... No, that's just a clip. Never mind. What? 
I don't know. Bojack. No, 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 no. That was it. It just said the same thing over and over again. Bojack Horseman is a great show. I've heard very good things, but I need to be in, like, a point of mental stability to watch that show that I am not at the moment. Oh, I feel that. Spiral egg. Spiral egg. Spiral egg. Spiral egg. <laughs> the entire show is everyone spiraling, except for Todd, who is a rock. I know I like Todd. I know I appreciate is, Todd. Is Todd... Is Todd his roommate? Yeah. Didn't he already hit rock bottom? Nope. That's why he's the rock. I mean, the one, I mean, the one big Todd episode that I remember is the one where he, like, has his whole space opera, and it was really awesome, but then Bojack sabotages him by, by reintroducing him to the video game that ruined his life. Aw. I like the Todd episode where he comes up with a new business venture, because he does that a lot, and it's clown dentists, and they're dentists, but they're clowns, and some of them are dentists, and some of them are clowns, and so they had to teach each other. And then his business gets shut down because it's terrible. So he goes out and releases all of the clowns and all the clown dentists into the wild where they can be free. <clears throat> Near the local school and hospital. And then uh, he goes back to check on the clown dentists. And then they're acting like zombies. And then it's because they all got rabies. So now they're zombie clown dentists. What the fuck? <laughs> and yet, you know what Todd does about that? Nothing. No, he gathers up a bunch of people who want to get fit, and he's like, alright, you're gonna run through these woods, and you're not gonna stop running, or else these clown dentists are going to bite you and give you rabies and savagely maul you. It's the, perf- it's the perfect fitness plan. And then what this, this one dude speaks up and he says, okay, but not really, right? Like, these, these clown dentists are, are just actors, and they're not actually gonna, oh no, they will. They will maul you. <laughs> and, the, and the dude goes, huh, wow, no more excuses. <laughs> I guess that follows that rabies would be a different disease in a world that's half humans, half animal people. Yeah. <sighs> what? Oh, I've heard that Todd is canonically asexual and that made me happy. Yeah, he is. Hell yeah. Uh, I like the orchestrippers. Well, that was at least ten minutes of talking about Bojack Horseman in the middle of an amphibia episode with dogs saying things. What the fuck? We cut out all of it except for the... that. Well, that was about ten minutes of, of Bojack Horseman. I guess so. The, uh, the next episode we watched was um, Lilypad Thai. And it starts off with um, the whole planter gang just goes on a, a family trip to Stumpy's, which is the... Uh, yeah, it's it's awesome. It's the local diner, and it's owned and proprieted by Stumpy. And his name uh, is Stumpy. Yeah, his name is Stumpy. Basically, they get their bowl of slop, and it establishes, you know, blah blah blah. This place isn't really that nice. And uh, there's a food critic, and he starts, you know, going off on Stumpy and telling them how there's only how there's a fly in his soup and there should be dozens of flies in his soup and this is a travesty and why would you blah de blah de blah well Anne, uh her parents used to run a Thai restaurant back home and so she puts her soup down and goes to tell off the uh the food critic who's voiced by the same dude who voiced Pleakley. Hell yeah. We we just call him I can't remember what his name is, I just call him Pleakley. Just call him Pleakley, and he does the voices of long, twig, skinny, green dudes. 
Yeah. As you would be Quickly. able. No, no, no. Almighty just... Talus Purple from Invader Sim. This green, skinny, newt dude. That's true. Yeah, the if you watch her Invader Sim. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, exactly. That's, you know, that's his role. I love how, how also this is Amphibia and all the frogs have proven themselves to be really capable of being any color. But he's still green. He's still green. I, because Pleakley gotta be green. I thought it was yellow. No. No, he's green. He's no, like he's green. a bright lime green. Yeah. <laughs> so, Anne makes a bet with the food critic that she can turn this place around and, and you'll see and come back in two days and this place will be better than ever and then you'll give it an amazing review because we're good at our jobs and blah, 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 blah. So Pleakley leaves and- But stumbles. a rat can't cook, so what are they gonna do? <laughs> 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 okay. So Anne has to hide in Stumpy's hair and control his movements to cook the food. <laughs> Stumpy's like, who, by the way, is, is John DiMaggio, and uh, Stumpy's the best. He's like, and what the fuck did you do? I, I'm gonna be out of a job now. He's gonna shut down my restaurant for sure. And I was planning on just scraping by with a mediocre bad review. But now you pissed him off and all that junk. And Anne's like, no, dude, it's fine. I know tons about running a restaurant. I'll get this place up and going in no time. Pleakley's green too. Yes. Yeah? I thought, dude, I thought he was yellow. No, no. dude, he's green. Shit. Yes. Come on, Nick. Keep up. Okay. Uh, so Anne goes on this montage of, you know, taking over the restaurant and trying to clean stuff up and all that stuff. And she starts, like, doing not great at it at first. And it really makes the audience think, oh, wow, it's about to say Anne was wrong and she shouldn't have spoken for Stumpy or Stumpy knows a lot about running the restaurant, actually, or blah, 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 whatever. Instead, the show does none of that. In mid-montage, Stumpy starts teaming up with Anne to help her out and show her the ropes and all that stuff because it's a restaurant, but it's also a frog restaurant, so Anne doesn't know that much about it. Um, but with their knowledge combined, they turn the restaurant into this like really, really super high-key, fancy, like awesome, amazing Thai place. But it's like frog, frog Thai. thai. Fusion. Yeah, it's frog Thai fusion. They got, like, noodles, but also bugs in there. It's really nice. Um, the whole town fucking loves it. And then in comes Bleakly, and he's like, I gotta I got know his uh, uh, actual name in this show. I think it's... I think it's Dillweed. Albus Dunkweed. <laughs> Dunkweed, that's it. Albus Dunkweed. <laughs> Albus Dunkweed. Dunkweed. Dunkweed disguises himself as a frog to get, like, the normal, you know, everyday experience. And they do this bit where, where Anne's like, why are you in costume? And he just calmly explains, oh, well, you know, that's so you'll serve me like any other person. And Anne's like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. All right, I never thought of it like that. But I'm still going to give you a bad review. Yeah, they have this normal-ass conversation, and I really like it. <laughs> And then he goes off, but I'm still going to give you a terrible review because this whole place lacks flavor and panache. That's I'm not like, true. None like, of that's true. You're just well, being a no, little bitch. Well, no, he didn't say it lacked flavor and panache. He said it, it felt like it was one thing uh, kind of 
slapdash tied to another thing and there's not really a whole lot of cohesion which is not true either shut up the whole town fucking loved it yeah like i like how this he's treated like a threat even though the entire town is absolutely digging it so like assuming that this guy's like i didn't like it then it must be like well fuck (laughs) yeah but that's not where the show goes because um maybe that is where the show would have gone to get cohesion the plan yeah well no the (laughs) No, maybe, you know, alternate ending to this episode, the whole town is like, who cares what you fucking think? We, all of us love this restaurant, but that's not what the plot does. Because in order to get John DiMaggio to work on your show, uh, you have to let him fight something. So in order to impress Bleakley, they pull out this giant kraken and they serve him a kraken, but they didn't kill the kraken. Good so enough. they have to fight the Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> This'll do it. That'll do. You need oh. to meet a certain number of criteria in order to get John DiMaggio on your show. There's a lot of things you can do in order to do that. You can make him a main character. Uh, the big, the big, some of the big ones are um, let him do some kind of Celtic ac- accent. <laughs> Although what's really going to give you a lot of points is letting him say Kraken and fight something. Yeah, so they did, they did three of those, and so John, and so they opened the John DiMaggio door, and he stepped out, and he's like, okay, pay me, and I'll do it. <laughs> so, open the John DiMaggio door. All I right, wish I so, had one of those in my house. God, me too. So, they call him Stumpy for a reason, by the way. I feel like I didn't hit this, but uh, he's missing his arm and a leg, and he has a peg leg. No, nope, missing both a, arms. Uh, he's missing both arms? Well, he's he's only got hands. one limb left. He's missing both hands. Okay, he's he's missing... Well, he's missing both hands. Uh, he has a peg leg, and he's missing both of his hands. And he has, like, a bunch of attachments and shit that he replaces his hands with. He has, like, a spatula attachment. I love, like, hook hand attachments. Those are... I don't yeah, know I fucking They're love funny. them. They're great. Uh, so he, he puts on his giant meat tenderizer hammer <laughs> attachment. And goes to fight the shit out of this Kraken. And, uh, Ann and, and Stumpy team up and beat the Kraken. And, uh, Bleakly Food Critic is impressed because it's like, Wow, food that tries to eat you, that's incredible! Which, isn't that every day in Wartwood? Yeah. They got giant bugs everywhere. Yeah, he just paid for it. Yeah. I don't know, but he's impressed. Somehow. Uh, that's, again, that's because the writers had to write in John DiMaggio fighting something. (laughs) Uh, and he goes and he puts a really good review on the message board, which of course is an actual board that they put messages on, and the whole town just gathers around and goes, oh, wow. (laughs) That's the episode. This episode was unrealistic. Why? This is a medieval town. A critic would be the lowest of the low that you could possibly be. Yeah, and the show's also unrealistic in that Anne has internet connection on her phone, so, like... I don't think she does have internet connection. Yeah, she does. She might have just, like, there's one shot There are one certain episode. Well, there are certain parts where she says, like, oh, yeah, I pre-downloaded all this stuff. Yeah, but it shows her in a browser looking up a picture of pizza to show to everyone. It could be That's that true. she had a bunch of pictures on her phone and she had a picture of... I don't know. She also has a shitload of changes of clothes in her backpack. And she always puts the sticks and leaves back in her hair afterwards. I'm sorry. The way that they they always explain it 
Or, or the way they should explain it is just that she just so happened to have every single one of these internet tabs already open. <laughs> That's, yeah, that'd do it, actually. That would, Wait, well, that would do it. Yeah, I've, at all times I have, like, 13 tabs <laughs> open on my phone of just random shit. Oh, you wanna fucking play? I just recently, uh, deleted almost all my tabs, so. I have 64 tabs open on my phone, so you this is. so close, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I need to open five more tabs. Um, so, like, yeah, we'd buy that if she just happened to have a thousand tabs open on her phone. I like this episode because, like, you can tell that Anne's pretty in her element while she's working in the restaurant. Like, she just, it feels very natural for her to be doing that. And something about just, like, showing characters doing stuff that they're good at that might not have been mentioned before it makes me happy for some reason. It's very weird and specific. I enjoyed it. I also, because this was uh, the episode that broke up what Nick was talking about for me uh, earlier, because you think the episode's gonna, like, Anne makes a dumb bet with her big mouth, and you think it's gonna be, no, Anne, don't, and then the episode ends with, yeah, Anne, you shouldn't have, and then Anne le- learns her lesson. But no, the episode throws you for a loop, and then Stumpy's like, you know what, I'll go along with Anne. And then he does, and then the restaurant gets a lot better, and then, like, they, you know, get the good review from the critic or whatever, and everything works out, and Anne was wrong for none of it. And they were friends. Yeah, I'm just, I, I'm just, I'm just happy when I see them not fall into the same, like, you shouldn't do that, Anne, I'm gonna do it. You shouldn't have done that. Yeah, I shouldn't have done it. I'm just so happy when they don't do that. And I feel like, they did it way less later on in the season, which I appreciate. Yeah. Also, this uh, episode, this entire show really has a, a formulaic kind of Gravity Falls-ish uh, style where plot, bullshit, 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 plot, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. But all the bullshit is um like Anne going around and like, show it, it showcases like different characters from around the town and it has Anne like building up relations with them and doing stuff and over the course of the series you can really see her like building up a reputation around town and like with a bunch of of people and stuff it's really cool and this is the episode where it establishes Stumpy as a person and a thing and it's awesome and in I mean mild spoilers but like by the end of the the season one like, you really see the town, and you really feel like, yeah, I know everyone in, in this small little bumpkin town. Mm-hmm. This isn't, like, a slight against Gravity Falls or anything, but, like, I feel like feel like Anne is, like, more entwined in the town than, like, Dipper and Mabel ever really were. Because, like, That's a good Dipper point. and Mabel had, like, the people they liked, but then there was, like, that was kind of it, you know? Yeah, well, I don't really feel like it's a slight. It's just showing that... I, I think it's just this show kind of spends more time on establishing more connections between the protagonists and the rest of the side characters. The community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whereas Gravity Falls picked a couple of characters and, well, I guess you could say, like, it's just a different size in the communities that they kind of uh, pull together with the two different shows. Because I would say the community in this show is the town and the community in Gravity Falls was the staff of the Mystery Shack and it pulled all of them together. Yeah. And people in more in relation to the Mystery Shack. I don't yeah. know, because Gravity Falls does establish, like, plenty of people. Like, Bud Gleeful, Lazy Susan, Tyler, uh, Head Chin Guy. But all of them have, like, a specific close relation to one member of the Mystery Shack. Yeah, but, like, 
Well, well, not really, Tyler. Well, a lot of them are just kind of like Tyler. Get him, get him. Oh, and he becomes the mayor. Well, he's he was never much of a character. He was more of a he. Like we didn't have a Tyler episode. We we really got to get inside the head of Tyler. He was more just get him, get him guy, and I love him. Yeah, I don't know. there it's, was never a Lazy Susan episode or a Bud Gleeful well, episode. We had there a kind a of Lazy Susan <laughs> Am I forgetting? Am I we never had a Lazy Susan episode, but we had an episode that's kind of involved. We had a couple of episodes that kind of involved Lazy Susan, but you don't know too much about like what drove her as a character. We know that she's the crazy cat lady. Yeah, it's... She wants the pies to spin, you dumb pies! <laughs> I don't know. Whenever I try to picture Gravity Falls... I really can't picture anything but the Mystery Shack and Woods. And, like, there's a couple of streets that you randomly see people going down, but that's that's about it. But when I try to picture Wartwood, like, it's there. I can see the town square and, and off where, like, Sprig and, and the planners live. And, like, you know, like there's, mm-hmm. there's recurring shops that people keep going into as opposed to, like hey, we need a convenience store for this episode, so here's a random convenience store that exists now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Different shows, different strengths. Okay, uh, are we going to hit the next episode, or is there anything else we want to say here? Uh, his spatula well, is carved from the bones of his missing hand. That's it. And that's exactly what I was going to bring up. <laughs> I just like the poetry there. That was the, like, the stinger of I that just, Because A, A... He kept his hand. B, he probably flayed his hand. Ah! Got all the bones out and carved them with... I have to assume this was the first hand he lost so he could still carve it with the other hand. Or he went to the local bone carver. (laughs) Who might be Axolotl Woodman. I don't know. Yes! On a different episode. It has to be. I don't know. Maybe Loggle car- Maybe Loggle carved up his his oh hand bones. God. No, he. Oh my gosh, Axolotl Woodman would be the best person to do that because he can carve up his own bones because he's an axolotl and he can regenerate his limbs. <laughs> sure. Oh. Oh God. In BoJack Horseman. Ah! <laughs> Okay. All the lizard people keep ripping off each other's arms and then they keep growing back instantly. <laughs> oh, gosh. Like, there's this family of axolotls and the two sisters get in a fight and then they just rip off, and then one of them rips off the other's arms and starts beating her with it and then her arms instantly grow back and she's like, ah! I don't like that. <laughs> I enjoy it greatly. <laughs> when Stumpy walks into uh his diner he he taps on the mushroom and it kind of glows a little bit then it kind of goes out then it kind of turns on but it's really faint and stumpy's like i'm gonna have to replace this mushroom how does that work (laughs) well you 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 get a new mushroom that isn't quite as old you just kind of grab it in one attachment and then you jam it into the wall yeah it's the mushroom like glued to no the wall. It's, it's alive it has to be planted here's what you gotta do here's what you gotta do mushrooms grow on dead things right yeah kill something sprinkles cool. <laughs> i'm sure stumpy's good at that kill something sprinkle some of the spores on it it'll grow take that thing kind of bury it in the wall so that just the mushroom's sticking out 
we get to see all Stumpy's facilities, and it's really hilarious because he has like a dish cleaner, but it's like a lizard thing. That oh, it's right. <laughs> I forgot about like all the. It's all kitchen equipment, but it's all made out of swamp. It like felt like animals. It felt like Flintstones shit. Yeah, that's yeah. It was basically some Flintstones shit. <laughs> also, I do like I do like um, that they made the the restaurant and like the lobby and stuff all look really really nice. But when it cuts back to the kitchen, it's still really gross in there because <laughs> that's how it be. That's how all kitchens are. Like it does. Like you could have the nicest looking kitchen ever, or you can have the nicest looking restaurant ever. As soon as you go into the kitchen, it's nasty. Yeah, that's not what I want to hear. Well, it's well, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, every place where every place that your food touches is as clean as it needs to be in order to have it be perfectly sanitary. In order to me, it, that's uh, all sanitary. In order to me, a C grade from the health inspector. But I'm talking like on the floor, nasty as hell. Ah, <laughs> oh, God, okay. Looks like they're not, they're not gonna drop any anything on the floor because then they're going to get shut down because we have very stringent uh, health and safety laws. Anyways, Anne doesn't know how to use the uh, the water lizard. And then uh, Stumpy, that's where Stumpy decides to help her. And with just the control of a fucking surgeon, he balances a plate on the tip of his spatula and starts throwing them up for Anne to like wash them midair. And then they land in the rack and it's fucking awesome. Oh, also, there's a part where, where Anne's chopping an onion, and now I get to talk about um, how one of my favorite things in animation is people chopping stuff real, real, real fast. That is nice. Mm, oh, yeah, good. she does that at the beginning of the episode. Y'all remember that bit in Princess and the Frog where uh-huh. she's got... Yeah, that, I do. I just she, watched mm, that on YouTube when where I was she's got the, the mushroom. Mm. <laughs> she's been like... And then she goes back and then she dices him. I oh, like man. I like animation of people cooking. It's very soothing. But well, I, have you guys seen those those wait, animations wait, 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 where wait, the guys I, like chopping up like a pool ball and like making salad like that? I love those. Fucking Western spaghetti is my favorite shit. Hold up, hold up. Before that, I like the uh, the contrast between uh, Prince Naveen, who like can't chop worth shit, mm-hmm. and like all of his pieces are like noticeably thicker than hers and like they just yeah. look rougher mm-hmm. it's it's I, I like it disney's so good at 2d animation i can't wait for their next <laughs> yeah i'm so sad now yeah i have seen princess and the frog i've seen a movie everyone yeah we made you watch princess and the frog we were there yep <laughs> i've seen it was that the first time you saw that yeah oh, well no happened? i saw some of it when i was in like fourth grade Last One more thing. There's a dumpster lizard, and then Anne gets attacked by the dumpster lizard, and Stumpy's sitting in the doorway and goes, <laughs> I knew about that trash lizard monster. I did like the dumpster lizard. Now, now, we need to specify. We do not mean a lizard in a dumpster. We mean a lizard that in the was perfect the dumpster. <laughs> in the perfect shape of a dumpster. Feature editing Laura here. It's time for an ad break. Yeehaw. <laughs> Let's hear about some of the good podcasts that we have on the Little Night Studio Network. Let's do that. First off today, I'm going to tell you about the Trans Questioning Podcast, a show about what it means to be transgender 
Every week, Sarah Zedig talks about her transition, the news, and answers questions from her listeners. The show frequently features guests with the goal of showing that trans and non-binary people all have different stories and that there's no one right way to be trans. Airs every Monday, much to Garfield's chagrin. And secondly, I'm going to tell you about Ending Pending, a podcast where hosts Andy, Evan, and Ronnie discuss television shows that never got the ending they deserved because they only lasted for one single season. Ending Pending goes episode by episode to find out what's working, what's not working, and where it all went wrong. New episodes every Wednesday on EndingPending.com and Lunar Light Studio. I'd also like to plug the Lunar Light Studio Patreon, uh, where you can go to become a patron and support your favorite podcasts on the network. There's cool perks such as weekly bonus content and monthly streams that are always a real good time. So if you'd like to learn more about that, you can uh, visit LunarLightStudio.com Patreon. And another good way to support us is through incoming transmissions, where you can submit a transmission for your favorite podcast on the network to read out loud. It can be a business thing, or it could be a personal thing. Tell someone to buy something, or tell someone, hey, happy birthday! We'll say anything you want if you give us money, and it's not bad. Be a nice person about it. <laughs> you can read more about that on LunarLightStudio.com slash incoming-transmission. Uh, thank you for listening to the episode so far. I hope you liked it. This was a nice change of pace because the last episode we had killed us inside, but we like frogs. Gavin really likes frogs. We all had a good time. I'm in a weird mood space right now, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna finish the ad break here. Thanks everyone, and let's hop back into the episode. I think I made that joke in this episode already. Okay, bye bye. Okay, next episode. Yeah, next episode. All right, next one was Planter's Last Stand, right? Yes. Yes. All right, Planter's Last Stand. So this one, I think this is the first time we see the Planter uh, Veggie Stand, right? Yes. Gavin, am I correct in saying that? Nope. Okay. Well, they're at the Planter Veggie Stand, and they're selling gourds, um, and we see that the Planter's claim to fame is that they are the most honest stand in town. We see so when Hot Pop is handing somebody a gourd, and he's like, mm, wait, now, hold on. And then he takes the gourd, and he cuts it I in half. I do like your Hot Pop impression. <laughs> Thanks. And then he takes the gourd, splits it in half, and it's there's like a maggot in there. And he's like, oh, yeah, because it, this tastes really bad, which I appreciate, because normally frogs would love maggots. And so a, a maggot being in your food would just be a nice little fruit gusher situation. Um, the writers realized that specific nugget needed an explanation. I appreciate it. It tastes bad. bad. Um, and Hot Pop's having such a great day until Toadie shows up. My guy Toadie. And then he shows up and he I don't hands... know about you, but Toadie makes my day better. He does. I like him. He's voiced by Wander Over Yonder and Fix yeah, Felix. Is. We love him. Say Fix Felix. We like Jack McBrayer. So Toadie shows up. He hands them a notice, flips away. Hop Pop opens it up and realizes that all of the stands have had their rent raised four times, which is ridiculous, but okay. Thinking that he's going to go under, he's trying to find some way to save his stand, where Anne suggests that they begin selling what she calls Planter's Potion. A basically just jar of gourd juice that they are going to claim has all these crazy health benefits. Not only that, but it was the gourd that had the maggot in it. 
Yeah, yeah, that's important. But it's fine. Like, the maggot tastes bad, not the maggot's residue. Gross. Hop Hop initially has some reservations about this, but he quickly gets over it when he realizes that he can make a ton of money. Uh, by lying. By lying and also making great faces. This is what we in the industry call foreshadowing. So Hop Hop makes a ton of money, and he's like, we can almost save the stand, which is bullcrap. They should have been able to save the stand with that. But they're all out of gourds. They don't have any vegetables to make planter's potion with. Hop Pop, not to be deterred by a lack of things to make potions with, runs over, grabs some literal garbage, and throws it into a big old keg where where Sprig and Polly stomp on it a lot. I don't know how Polly's she helping at all. She Belly flop. Yeah, but like the force, okay, the force doesn't work out there, but okay. Sprig uses her like a volleyball. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That is it. Hop Pop's trying to sell his garbage juice. It's selling real well still until Sa- Sadie Croker shows up and Hop Pop can't deal with the guilt of selling a fake product to his most loyal customer and then he freaks out, says it was all a lie, said it was all garbage! That's pretty good. And everybody's very disappointed with him. But that's cut short by a bunch of giant flies showing up and slurping up all that sweet, sweet garbage slop. Then Hop Pop chucks all the jars in the big old keg and rolls it down a hill and off a cliff. And then the flies grab the keg and then they fly off with it. Also, they fly off with Wally, but he's fine. (laughs) Yeah, he's fine. Wally is good at surviving. Then he's given refunds to all the people who bought the garbage juice. And then Sadie's like, well, screw you, Hot Pop. But also, (laughs) you you did the right thing. Maybe I'll buy from you at some point. Not at this stand, you won't. And then then they lose the stand. And then it's all fine. It's all fine. They're doing great. And then Hot Pop realizes that he's unemployed, and then he screams, and then the episode's over. Oh, Frog, I'm unemployed! That was shit. That was shit. That was... Oh, Frog, I'm unemployed! Holy shit. That was too loud. It was really too loud. I liked this episode. This was a pretty good episode, even though I felt like I've seen it about a million times before. Yeah, I think they carried it a lot with the visual animation. I think... I I liked Hot Pop dressing up like a con dude... And having his Venn diagram become the closest it's ever gotten to Grunkle Stan's section of the Venn diagram. <laughs> I will say, I'm starting to notice a pattern where there are a lot of, there are a certain number of episodes in this show where I feel like the plot and writing isn't as good as I would really hope it would be. You take that back. But it always kind of brings me back with the visual animation and the style of it. So even at the times that I'm not enjoying myself with so the So what writing, you're saying is the frog, the frogs carry this show? Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> like, like, this felt like a very derivative from other plots episode, but, like, I feel like what carried it was, yes, the visual element, as well as just, like, the actual stakes on what was going on. Like, there were actual consequences to lying to everyone where he didn't get enough money and now they don't have a stand anymore. Yeah, they didn't just get the stand back and everything was fine at the end of the 10-minute episode. No, he doesn't have a stand anymore. The whole stand thing kind of felt weird to me. Because, like, yeah, that is a very... That is a pretty good... Those are pretty good stakes. But it felt like... (sighs) 
Mayor Frog Boy, Boy is just shit at business. I, I don't think, think it, I don't think it made any sense that they were the only ones who were having difficulty keeping up their stand, because it's stupid to raise the the rent by f- like four times. It's kind of ridiculous that it, that not everybody lost their stand because everybody was kind of freaking out about it. Well, maybe a few did. Well, yeah, but, like, they... It didn't say that no one else lost their stands. Well, like, I mean, you were saying that the planters really don't have a whole lot of money, but... Yeah, the planters don't have a whole lot of money, and their shit hasn't been selling well lately, and that was stated in other previous episodes. Because, like I said, like I corrected Nick earlier, this was not the first time we've seen the stand. I guess. I I don't know. It, It also felt weird that, like... Also, when they kept saying, like, We've almost got enough money to save the stand. We just got to sell one more jar. So my question here is, if you if somebody buys one more jar, then does that mean that the total net sum of your money that you have now accrued is enough to save this stand or to extend the rent by one period? That's a shit ton of money. Because if, if that is not the case, and it will not take literally every last copper piece that you have to keep the stand, then why do you need to sell one more jar of of, uh, of potion? Yeah, that's crazy. Dramatic effect. It would have been better writing had uh, they have just gone, all right, we saved the stand. Could we, uh, could we go I... back to being honest? And then Hot Pop would be all like, no, we gotta sell more planters potion. Hopped up that would have made a lot of sense. Yeah, I feel like that would have... I mean, he did kind of go mad with power, so I, he feel, did. Like, That's I feel like just... that would fit pretty well. He yeah. went mad with power, and because the way it stands right now is, if yeah, he stand, <laughs> yeah, sorry, <laughs> oh, I ruined. Um, I feel like the way it stands right now is that if Hot, if Hot Pop hadn't have lied, he still would have lost the stand. It feels like losing the stand wasn't a consequence of him lying. Losing a stand, losing a stand was something that was already going to happen, and his lying did not change that. Yeah, now he... It would have changed that, but he didn't continue lying. I think it would have made sense if they had saved the stand. Yeah, but he never would have lied in the first place if he didn't have to not try to save the stand. That's true, but I mean, like, like let's say there was a problem and they would need to, to lie in order to get enough money to save the stand, and then they had the money, it's like, okay, cool, now I can go back to being honest... And then Hop Hop kept going with it, and then he started selling the garbage juice. Yeah, that would have. And then... I definitely think that would have been an improvement. Just that tiny, tiny thing. And all it is is a couple of changed lines of dialogue. The entire episode could have stayed the same. Yeah, I know. I mean, I feel like this was still one that, like, it was a character making a mistake, and then that mistake blew up in their face. Which, it's not the same as, like saying like don't do this i did it this one was at least different in the fact that hot pop had a bunch of people telling him to do it and nobody really telling him not to other than his conscience well and told him not to do it halfway through she was like all right you're going too far halfway okay, through yeah. she was the one who introduced the whole idea to him yeah i don't know um but i think that's about all that there is to say about this episode uh i would like to point out that hot pop gave several demonstrations about how good planner's potion is and that he uh, sniped an apple out of the air with his newfound sticky tongue because of Planner's Potion. And also he ripped off his shirt and showed everyone his glorious belly sheen. Woof. Oh my 
gosh, Gavin. Like, yeah, the execution was still top-notch, even though this entire episode and concept was kind of a trope. Yeah, yeah. I need to do something about my brain, because when you said belly sheen, at first it was, oh, look at this glistening belly, and then it was, look at this tattoo of Jimmy Neutron's sheen. (laughs) (laughs) Don't like that. You need a therapist. I know! Hey, therapist, this thought popped into my head. What does that mean? It means it's time to give up. <laughs> it means I want you out of my practice. My last note on this episode is probably will murder. So like, yeah. She will. She will. She'll do it. I feel like that's been established. Yeah. Earlier. It has been extremely established, but this one just reminded me. Polly is a violence. I think I said this earlier, but I do wish we had some more Polly in these episodes. Yeah, there is. We just didn't get many, many poly episodes in this spe- specific selection. Rip. The only thing that's keeping people alive is Polly's lack of legs. As soon as she gets those bad boys... <laughs> it's over. It is over. There will be no survivors. <laughs> um, the we... only reason I haven't stabbed you yet is because I haven't grown hands. She has... Well, she's got nubs. She's got... She has fins. She's got nubs. It can still hold a morning star. <laughs> Uh, can we move on to Hop, Hop, and Lock? Yeah. Alright. So this one starts out with some good old criminal activity. I'm trying to remember what happened in that. What the fuck was that? It's what Hop, Hop does. Oh, Gavin just ran across the floor. Gnashing his teeth. Oh, God, he's doing an awful dance. Oh, God. He's demonstrating. Listeners, you're lucky this isn't a visual medium. Okay. Jeez. So yes, criminal activity. The planters are selling their wares in a back alley stand because it's illegal <laughs> to sell without a stand. Uh, they just have a wheelbarrow. So Hot Pop goes over a frog lady. He's like, Psst, hey, wanna buy an eggplant? Uh, frog lady turns around and it's... Oh, shit, I didn't write her name down. What's her name? Sylvia. Sylvia! It's Sylvia, the woman he's pined after for many years. I was trying to remember what her, her what Sylvia's daughter is named, which is the frog that you said you liked who had the braids. Yeah, there's a frog that looks like a princess frog. I liked her design. And then she goes off and the kids are like, Oh, you're in love! And... He is. He is. And just, and he's like, Oh, how, I can't talk to her because I don't know how to talk to girls or whatever. And then out of frame... We hear a announcement, the dance where there will be family fun. Shenanigans! <laughs> Shenanigans! Shenanigans! <laughs> and romance. The kids are like, great, you can dance to show her you love her. Start time, 6 p.m. Ends at... <laughs> I like Toadie. Toadie's the best. Great. I love He's Toadie. not always on the right side of the road, but that's just who he works for. We love him. And that and that was his preordained fate. His name is Toadie. God, I love Toadie. And the kids are like, well, you can dance instead of talking to her. And he's like, I don't fucking know how to dance. And then he comes upon Anne just tearing it up with the dance in his basement. She's got a little, she's got her phone in like an overturned bucket. So like a speaker. It's just fun. <laughs> 
And he's like, yeah, teach me how to dance. And she's like, okay. And she teaches him how to dance. And he does a good job, except for freestyle, which is awful to look at. And awful for everyone to behold. Um, I loved it. Awful for anyone who's not Gavin. Now it's time for- Nick also stated that he was aroused as well. That's right. It, was, it, it did things. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I need an adult. I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe. <laughs> so now it's time for the frog dance. There's an over the garden wall joke in my notes. <laughs> and what is it? At night when the lake is a mirror. Yeah. Wow, wow. <laughs> oh, right above that I have I want Hot Pop to default dance. Also, I forgot to re- I forgot to mention that there was a uh, Hot Pop has a rival named Monroe who is also searching for Sylvia's affections. And he looks like Hot Pop's alternate costume. <laughs> he looks like a freaking Street Fighter alt. Yeah. He looks like Hot Pop's Echo Fighter. If Hot Pop <laughs> is like the freaking Overwatch rare skin, <laughs> Hot Pop is Ryu, but Monroe is Ken. Yeah, essentially. Uh, so they go to the dance, and the music is really good. <laughs> like it's bumping. That's the Cantina theme. It almost sounds like the Cantina theme. A little bit. So Hot Pop starts dancing for Sylvia, but oh no, Monroe's a better dancer. Double oh no, Hop Hop's freestyling and everyone hates it, and the dance ends. But Sylvia is also crazy as heck, and she also freestyles, and it's also terrifying, and they're terrifying together, and they love each other. So after everyone's left, Spriggs. Mayor, to- nah, Mayor Toadstool cancels the entire dance right there. Yeah, they're like, oh god, these folks nasty. The dance is canceled, so I guess oh, it, didn't last- nasty. it didn't last much longer than six. So the dance floor is vacated, and Sprig pulls out his violin that apparently was mentioned earlier in the series, but he's very good at playing it, and he plays a nice song, and Hot Pop and Sylvia dance around, and yep. it's adorable. Sprig's good at violin. This was a very enjoyable episode. I liked it a I lot. I think it was very fun. The gift potential! Hell yeah. I want Hot Pop's dances in my eyes forever. Somebody teach me how to gift. Somebody teach me how to gif. Oh, yeah. Somebody teach me how to gif. Okay. I don't know. Somebody teach me how to gif. Somebody teach me how to gif. Somebody teach me how to gif. Somebody teach me how to give what? <laughs> I thought it was about to be Nick's theory corner without Nick even knowing it. Nick, do you have a theory? Uh, no. Right. <laughs> Man, I don't really know what else to say about this episode except Can this how be much... Gavin's theory corner? Yeah. Okay, so my first theory about the show before I knew that just everybody had hair was that, um... I looked at Hot Pop and instantly recognized him as a Wolverine frog, and I thought there was going to be a moment in the show where he breaks his fingers and pushes out his finger bones as claws and then weaponizes them to fuck a fool up. Mm. But then I saw that just anyone had claws and hair sometimes, so I'm like, alright, well, whatever. Do Wolverine frogs have hair? Yes, they do. They're called hairy frogs. That guy. Oh my god. Yep. Luscious locks. 
It's funny. He's a Wolverine frog because he he pushes his claws out of his fingers like Wolverine from X Men, and he's also got the fucking mutton chops. <laughs> Do you have another theory? No, I don't. That was my first theory, and it was proven wrong in about four and a half seconds. But That's I still fine. enjoyed it. Boy, I I don't know what else to say about this episode except how much I love shenanigans. Shenanigans. <laughs> There were shenanigans. I just like it when any character says shenanigans. Dude, Monroe's dancing though. It was yeah, no, Monroe's pretty smooth. sick. Like they t- basically they told the animators just fucking go nuts, and they did. And they did. Oh. Hey, make this guy good. And the music, I mentioned the music. No, 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 Hot pop was good. Monroe was fucking incredible. <laughs> and then Hot Pop was fucking incredible in an entirely different direction. Hot Pop failed upwards. Yeah, Sprig, he did. Sprig had a cute suit also. He looked adorable. And the episode ends with, May I have this dance, madame? And then Polly and Anne start dancing. And it's really just Polly just holding up, or it's really just Anne holding up Polly and just, like, spinning around. It's adorable. Uh, anything else before Wally and Anne? When? <laughs> Alright, Gavin, give us Wally and Anne. So the episode opens up with, uh, the planter crew. That's how they do they're walking through the woods, looking for berries. Uh, they got some red berries, and all the berries are red, but sometimes they're blue and sometimes they're green, and nobody can remember how the saying goes for either you die or you're well-fed or whatever. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, just eat everything. It's fine. It's all safe. Yeah. <laughs> and goes off into the woods and uh, sees the, the moss man, which is basically Bigfoot, but it's the moss man. He's a friend. He's a friend. He has a bunch of luminescent butterflies, and then Anne eats one of them and then throws it up. Uh, it's really funny. And uh, all the planters saw that, but they didn't see the moss man. And Anne's like, dude, I saw this moss man. And all the planters are like, and the moss man is a myth and only gullible polywogs and Wally believe in it. And it's weird because Anne had never heard that myth, so how could she believe in it unless she actually genuinely saw something that was the moss man? But these are bumpkin frogs. They ain't, they ain't fancy. They ain't educated. <laughs> they all make fun of her and call her crazy. And she's like, dude, I saw what I saw. It was a moss man. And here comes Wally. As if to prove the planter's point, acting crazy and saying, I seen it! I seen the moss man too! <laughs> All the planters walk off laughing, and Sprig says, And I believe that you dreamt it. And Anne's like, Come on! <laughs> and so that night, she uh, kidnaps Wally, uh, scaring him half to death because he thought that she was deaf, uh, but it was just Anne. And together they go on an epic quest to find the Moss Man because uh, supposedly Wally knows where it is and like how to like summon it or shit. The whole quest is him like playing the accordion for like, I don't know, like 12 hours on end. It's fucking ridiculous. We love it. It's awesome. They're walking and, and basically it's it's Wally and Anne sort of just bonding. It's very cute. It's awesome. Uh there's this one campout scene where they're, you know, camping out and everybody's like, yeah, I just don't want everybody to think I'm crazy. You know, back at home, your reputation's all all, I, all you got. And uh, Wally's like, 
Well, you're in an interesting position, Anne, because the way I see it, you're not at home, and you can be whatever you choose to be here. And Anne's like, holy shit, Wally, that was amazing advice. And he was like, oh, yep, 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 yep. And then falls asleep. Uh, the next day, you know, they're going out to see the Moss Man, and uh, uh, Wally does this, like, summoning ritual with his accordion or whatever. And then uh, off in the distance, uh, Anne sees the Moss Man. And then Wally sees it, and he's like, whoa, I can't believe it actually exists. <laughs> and it, Wally says that he himself didn't even believe in the Moss Man, and Anne gets really, like, upset. Like, why the hell did you bring me out here, then? We could have gone home empty-handed, and then everybody would have thought I was like you. And then Wally runs off and goes, what's so bad about being like me? And then he's all sad and stuff, and Anne has to go back and apologize. And then they go out and try to get a picture of the Moss Man with Anne's phone to get proof. But uh, Wally falls off the side of a cliff, and Anne has to save him instead of getting the picture of the Moss Man. And then she makes her peace with being perceived as weird and not really giving a shit about what people think about that. And uh, it shows him back in town. And uh, Wally's giving everyone the harrowing tale of their journey, and then Anne's playing the accordion. And uh, they're having a good time together. And then everybody thinks that Anne's crazy, and then she just embraces it and goes, And then everyone runs off and goes, Ah, she's deranged! And that's the episode. Wally wrote a little song about Anne, and it's very cute. You also forgot the part where and does push Wally off a cliff. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, no. Um, that, was the re- <laughs> that was the reason why Anne was playing the accordion, because Wally had broken both of his arms. No, because he plays his accordion afterwards, too. Anne <laughs> is just playing the accordion for him. Oh, alright. She goes through the whole rigmarole of saving him, and just like, ha-ha, ah, friendly slaps him on the back and pushes him off the cliff. Yeah, Wally says, A good friend once told me that I could be whatever I want to be. And Wally's like, ha! That's a good line. You mind if I use that? And Anne's like, it was you, dummy. Yeah, I know. Or was it? And then Anne's like, you jokester, and smacks him off the side of the cliff. And then he breaks his arm and his leg. He's okay. Thereby disrupting the balance, because earlier, Wally saved Anne from dying, and he also saved her phone. Yeah, so Wally, so Anne is still in great debt to Wally. Which means Anne has to save his accordion. Yeah, and probably. he's allowed to push her off the cliff. Wally, you saved my phone! Oh, and my life, or whatever. <laughs> the one problem, I, this is a nitpick, and it should not, and it does not count against this show at all, but this show's been really good with continuity. The one issue with that is that in the first episode, Wally showed up saying that he had seen a crazy monster, and everybody was all like, yeah, no, let's kill a crazy monster. And in this one, it's it's established that Wally keeps talking about a certain crazy monster, and nobody believes that it exists. Yeah, Wally is the town kook, and I don't know, I suppose the Moss Man is the thing that nobody believes exists anyways, but again, Wally is established as the town kook, and nobody really pays him much heed for anything anyways. What about when he saw Anne? Yeah, except for, mysteriously, except for that... Yeah! Which is weird. Also, the Moss Man looks like a forest giant from Hilda. I will say... He's cute. This show doesn't start getting their continuity game, like, really, really right until later on. And 
back in the beginning bits, there's kind of a lot that you can point and be like, why and how? Yeah, that's what a lot of shows end up doing. I feel like a lot of shows have, like, a certain period of time where there's just no continuity whatsoever. Yeah. And then underlying plots start showing up. But I feel like a lot of times you don't see too often where it's, like, plots are very clearly... Or, like, a plot is based on something that isn't, like, huge that happened in, like, one of the earlier episodes. I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know where you were going with that either. I mean, I guess you don't see, like, an episode in Gravity Falls where the Manatars show up again and they're really mad at Dipper and something that something very specific that Dipper did to the Manatars gets brought up again. No, but you do see that in Adventure Time. That's Adventure Time's bread and butter. Yes, you do see that in Adventure Time a lot. And let me just say, that shit's awesome. It is, it is, it is awesome. Um, Every show's gonna have early installment weirdness and then find its groove eventually. Well, I feel like this. I feel like this isn't that because this is all in the first season, so everything was planned out before they got any feedback. Uh, yeah. Case in point, though. Um, oh, and you can tell they made this entire fucking season, and then just like re- because they released all of these episodes like fucking rapid fire. I think like one a day until the entire season was out. It was crazy. What? Like it was insane. I'm like, yeah, there is no like this. This is some Netflix shit. <laughs> this was some Netflix shit that's going on here. Yeah, they made the whole damn season and just I put it out. I always prefer the weekly release schedule. Yeah, it's something to be excited about. Hey, Final Space is tonight. Oh, oh good shit. for you. Forgetting about that. When do we have our runoff of who voices who? Right now is a good time. Yeah, now is okay. good because we just finished talking about Wally and Ann. Um, is there anything else we want to talk about? I just like Wally a lot. I think he might be my favorite character. Wally's a sweetheart. Wally's great. Um, we looked up Wally because my sister thinks he's voiced by the same voice actor as Koran from Boy from Voltron. Boytron. Yep, from Voltron. Voltron. From Voltron, don't you know? <laughs> um, my sister thinks it's Koran from Voltron, and I'm like, no, no, it's not. Uh, right. So we looked up, like, everybody from Amphibia, and goddamn! We got some big-name actors in here. Or at least big-name to us. <laughs> Let's see. Anne, voiced by Brenda Song, also known as London Tipton in the Sweet Life uh, yeah. shows. Fucking load fast. She was also Wendy Wu in that one movie. Yeah! Do you remember that? Like I remember the uh, commercials. I never watched it. I watched it. It was dumb, but it was good enough for my dumbass kid mind. Brig, Justin Felbinger, Felbin, Felbinger, I don't know which one's correct, I apologize. He was Oscar in Summer Camp Island. That's nice. Summer uh, Camp Island's a good show. Bill Farmer played Hop Pop. Freaking Goofy! Yeah. He's been like the Goofy voice for at least since uh, Goof, Goofy Movie. That's rad. I'm trying to see if there's I didn't anything. recognize, like, of course you're not going to recognize Hop Pop because that ain't Goofy's voice. I didn't recognize Sprig. Because, basically, Sprig is the opposite of Oscar <laughs> in every sort of way. Where he's just all the time, all the time. Yeah, no, he is the... Oof. Like, Oscar's always down here, and Sprig is always turned up to, like, an 11. Oscar doesn't have a... five. Yeah, no, and, and both of them don't have a whole lot of friends for, that exact, for those exact reasons. They're both good boys, but on the opposite ends of the energy spectrum. Yeah. And the last... One that we felt was uh, significant was that James Patrick Stewart. Whoa, you're just one name off from another person, buddy. (laughs) 
Yeah. He he voiced Private in the Penguins of Madagascar and film he, and movie. And he played... Who? And you can tell once you know. <laughs> and who, oh, he played Wally. Yeah, that was Wally. Yeah, Wally. That's who Wally was. Oh, that's right. That's why he sounded familiar. Yeah, that's why Wally, yeah, that was Wally. It wasn't Coran, though. No. Uh, and, of course, we got uh, John DiMaggio and, and Pleakley and uh, Wander's voice actor and... Jack McBrayer. Jack McBrayer. And... Of course, D. Bradley Baker was in there for you know. Did he play the Did he play the snail? Probably, but I can't find it because he has two. Oh, he was additional voices. Yeah, probably the snail. the snail. Probably the snail. Probably Bessie. And and all the clone troopers. <laughs> all the clone troopers that were in the show. And is clone troopers. Oh yeah, there's clone troopers. Just like they never do anything, but they're there. <laughs> they're just like in the background. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like we're in Final Thoughts place. Final Thoughts territory? Yeah. Yep. This show is delightful. It makes me very happy to see, like, um, like, really good animated shows on Disney Channel. Because... To fill the void. Boy. <laughs> yes, to fill the void and, like, uh, everything that's not animated isn't great. But their three animated shows right now are pretty darn good. Uh, that being Big City Greens and DuckTales and this. Uh, anyway, more specifically, Amphibia is just a visual delight. Like, all the colors are bright and flashy and just lovely to look at. Um, the voice work's fantastic. I enjoyed it because it sounded like the characters were the ages that they were. <laughs> Which, even though the voice actors aren't the ages, it sounded... The voices sounded correct for them. Um, yeah, except for Anne, who I well, would yeah. swear is, like, at least 14. My best guess would be 15, but she's actually 13. And I'm like, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah. I mean, it's better than, again, it's better than Dipper. I would have placed her at, I feel like Dipper's alright. Dipper's okay, but well, that's only because we got really used to it. He's okay. 12! His pituitar is acting up! <laughs> He's got a jo- he's got a tiny pituitar on his shoulder, Jiminy cricketing him what to do. What the fuck? Uh, he's got what... big plans. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we in the business refer to as going through puberty, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> but yeah, Anne is like a lanky beanpole. Who is her. She's a teenager of some description, I guess. Yeah. Nondescript teen. God, okay, yeah. Everything looks nice. Designs are nice. There's some gross things, but that's okay. Yeah. Funny. Good. Bumpin' music. I love the theme song. Theme song is real good. Wanted to talk about that. Also, I didn't get the chance to mention that the title cards make me think of Chowder. They make me think of Over the Garden Wall. They make me think of both. Yes. Then if we think of my mom. I can't... We kind of switched <laughs> up. What the? <laughs> I don't know. Is that good? We no, kind of switched on that sequitur. subject. You would think us to be opposite on that. Yeah. What? Okay. Um... I, would think, <laughs> yeah. I thought you would think of Over the Garden Wall. And yeah. I think of Chowder. I love Chowder. Man, I really... I like this show a lot. I don't know what it is. I think it is something with me. But there is something that is keeping me from liking this show as much as I really want to. I think it's just me, and I need to watch more episodes. Um, yeah, you, you do. Need to stop looking at me, Gavin. I can feel your eyes on the other side of my head. 
The designs are A+. Plus. Stop it. No, uh, the designs are all great. Um, can't ask for more in that department. <laughs> World building's really good. I think it's just, there's something about the writing. It's just rubbing me the wrong way in certain episodes. I think, again, it just goes back to what I was saying before. It feels like a lot of the plot lines are kind of... I don't feel like there's a whole lot of plot lines that I haven't seen before. Nick, honestly, me too. Again, or it's that shit I said about early game. It picks up. Okay, okay, it okay. It picks the fuck up. Right, yeah. I Again, I have seen not that many episodes of this show, uh, and I, and I want to see more. I want to... I really, really, really do want to completely get into this show. There's just something standing right in the way of that. And I I want to get over it, and I want to like this show more than I do at this moment. And I plan to like this show more than I do at this moment. But I guess, like, when I, whenever I watch three episodes in a row that make me feel the exact same thing, it's like, it, it's hard to watch that fourth episode. Not but, when Gavin's here. Not he, when Gavin's he here. He's the shots. It's his television, and he gets to shoot no, them to no. watch. Yeah, no, I need to get through all of it. I need to get really into it. First point of order, I feel like this show should have been 22-minute episodes. But I generally feel that about most shows, except for except for Summer Camp Island. Summer Camp Island, I feel like, is perfect as 11-minute episodes. I disagree. I feel like Amphibia works really well as 11-minute episodes. I don't know. I just feel like a lot of stuff is rushed, and I feel like you can get a whole lot more of, like, character interactions and b-plots running with longer episodes that's fair i guess without b-plots then i would feel like a lot of these episodes would just be filled with fluff though but that's me i don't think the show doesn't have b-plots it's just 10 minutes of the thing yeah yeah i feel like i do wish there was a bit more like well i feel like this shows would lend itself really well to b-plots because there's so many strong supporting characters so when Bojack Horseman, um... Oh my god, no. <laughs> there's this excellent bit where they're making fun of show formats. Gavin, you need to you, you need to wait until after this. We're so close to the end. All Gavin, right. you hit your final thoughts. Uh, I really frogged the show because, um... <laughs> frogs... And... The animation is, is really frog, and, um... I feel like the writing kind of frogs in the in the beginning of the frog but frogging on it it, it really frogs up and the, sh- the show just gets real i mean Anne is a wonderful wonderful character and all the other frogs are just i mean they're frogs so they frog um but other than frog the frogs really really frog the frog i like i like frogs <laughs> you sound like a smurf i i like frogs <laughs> Every smurfing time. This show is the best <laughs> because it takes place in my version of heaven. Whew. And I like it. <laughs> Alright. So would you go to prom with me? <laughs> Sarah! Ratings. All right, I've got my rating. I'm gonna give Amphibia eight point five out of ten. Very good. Gavin just had a fist pump. I think he's happy with my with my score. It's good. It's a good show. 
I, I said why I liked it. I don't know what else to say. This part is hard. <laughs> it's good. I like it a lot. I recommend it. Especially if you haven't been, like, caught up on the animation scene ever since, like, Gravity Falls stopped, which, oops, is what happened with me. So, yeah. Pick it up. There's hope for the world, and it's Amphibia. <laughs> Based purely on what I've seen, and on the emotions I have felt thus far, <laughs> and on nothing that I have not seen, I am going to give this show a 7.7. .7. Gavin's fist pump is turning into a claw of shaking rage. That's still really good. Yeah, it's pretty good. A five is average. <laughs> I feel like it's. Go I feel like that score is gonna go up, and I fully expect it to do so. And uh, I can't wait for it to do so. It's not a final space where I can't wait for that show to go for the score to go up uh, as the season progresses. It's already a better show, and we could only watch so many of the episodes. Mm -hmm. And Nick didn't even get any of the plot stuff because I feel like it's hard to get. The main plot of a show that has an overarching plot. If, I uh, well, we got do need we to get those... well Final Space. If you need to, yeah, kind of. Well, Final Space has well, plot yeah, well, in Final like Space everything. With all plot. Yeah, it's 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 hard to cherry pick and get decent plot. I don't know. Super got a nice plot episode. Did I, I rate what the this? Fuck is happening? Did I rate this show higher than Final Space? I don't know. You, I thought you had Final Space at at least an eight something. Okay, because I, I can't see you rating Final Space less than seven point seven. All right. Well, well, I know I, I know I rated it pretty low ball because I knew it was gonna get better. Yeah, I was and, surprised. Yeah, I was surprised that I rated it that low too, just because like I, I love that show. It brings me so much joy, but I know it can get better. And rest assured, we know exactly what the fuck we're doing here. I I, I don't. Speak for yourself, Laura. That was a lie. I we're not all as cool as you, Laura. I lied. Oh. I I am a perfect being. Uh, I would just like to say that I came every every day when uh, I get off of my high throne uh, in the in the ethereal heavens and I come down to do this podcast. Um, I would just like to remind my fellow co-hosts that I am perfect and infallible. I am inevitable. Go stuff it. <laughs> that being said, I give this show a ten out of ten. I mean, frogs. Yeah. The, this this show. Has the highest concentration of frogs I've ever seen in my goddamn life. Sure does. 10 out of 10. If someone wants to try to do better, please. <laughs> please. But I fucking dare you. <laughs> if somebody wants to do better, then please more frog. But until then, frog. 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 Thank you. This frog's giving me the run around. <laughs> Gavin is wearing his frog shirt. I'm wearing a frog shirt. Nick, are you wearing an owl shirt? No, I don't have my owl uh, shirt. Gavin wore a frog shirt. I wore a bunny shirt. We would my... have been perfectly on brand. I'm gonna wear either my. Fr I'm, I'm gonna wear either my owl yes shirt for Owl House, or I'm gonna get a shirt with a pentagram on it. Hell yeah. Uh, okay, thank you. Thank you to Anna for doing the art and Sammy for doing the lettering on our cover image. My good cousins who I love very much, please check out the links in the podcast description where you can find uh, their social medias where they put good art stuff. Thank you! I'm busy thinking about frogs. I don't got much. <laughs> Jungle's but, not a frog. He's, he's if, not today. If I'm being per Hey, guys, if I'm being perfectly honest with you, Chongo's not a frog. And uh, I got frogs on the brain. 
Ryan, you're um, not a frog. Chongo, if you could get some sort of surgery to make <laughs> you a frog, I feel like that would help your branding just a whole lot. I feel like... <sighs> Like, I feel like my marketing game has been pretty on point uh, thus far, but I feel like if you are a frog, I would just be able to really crank this baby into 110%. Just, like, pull that, pull every single string in the book, invent some new strings. Uh, they would know who you are on Mars. Like, it, it, would, it would be insane. Until then, uh, all I could really do is say that Chongo's a good music boy, and he, he makes a bunch of good music. Our theme song was Bacon Hat, and it was from his album Hat Shop. Again, if you made a frog album, you know that I j mm, just- we'll talk. We'll talk later. I'll have my people call your people. It, it'll be good. Um, if you want to see Chongo in more of a, a, a group setting, you can check out his band with uh, Penny Parker. It's called Go Child. I know Laura's favorite song off of their recent album coffee and ramen is a half-calf. I do enjoy half-calf. She keeps playing it, and it's a fucking banger. So yeah, I do! <laughs> I don't know. Go go check it out if you want some bangers. You can listen to the Amphibia soundtrack, because goddamn, then you can listen to some, some Chongo. <laughs> Chongo should go work for Amphibia and make songs and other arranged noises. That'd be fun. That would work. That'd be fun. And then they could pay for his frog surgery. Because, again, that would be... What a frog composer for Amphibia. Everything's just that made would by just, frogs. That would just be way too good for his branding. Yep. I don't know. It's... That's, Barry the Laser Whale is over. It's only frogs now. Just a suggestion. It's right, but it's a suggestion. But it's right. Finally, thank you to Lunar Light Studio for having us on the network. Check out the Lunar Light Studio Patreon at lunarlightstudio.com slash Patreon to help support our podcasts. Leave us a review on iTunes if you like what you heard. We'd appreciate that very much. And you can check us out on our social media. We're at storyboard underscore cast on Twitter, storyboardcast.tumblr.com, and you can shoot us an email at storyboardcast at gmail.com. Use those venues to tell us what you want us to watch, and we will do it. Thank you. I just had a thought. Yeah. Did it alarm you? It alarmed me. What's the one? Go on. No, because it was about frogs. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> What I failed to mention in the podcast is that the entire time you're watching Amphibia, uh, you're just looking at every single frog and hoping someone at some point ever pulls a Kermit. Ever. <laughs> they do. They do. They do. Many Kermit faces to be found. It's great. Go find it. It's in there. What do you... Yeah, when you say pull a Kermit... No, don't tell me what it means. I'm going to watch the show, uh -huh. and then I'm going to text you as soon as I see the Kermit. Okay. Speaking of which, are we going to go watch more Amphibia? Fuck yeah. Yeah. Yes. I think so. The show is my Bible now. Somebody raise my score. I'm gonna watch more Amphibia. Everyone get up and go out the door. That's what we do. Alright. I don't do that. You've always done that. You say. This is always what we do. Thanks for being
Dipper's okay. Well, that's only because we got really used to it. He's 12. He's going through pubes. He's Don't shy. say that! Don't call him that! <laughs> Holy shit! We have to burn this entire <laughs> There is not a worse way you can make shorter! Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.